This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. Good morning, everybody. How's everyone doing? All right. Well, welcome to August. How many of you know what August is around Relate Church? Anybody know? 21 days of prayer, and you can add you can, 21 days of prayer and feasting. You can say that because in August we, we pray and you're allowed to eat. In January, on the other hand, it's 21 days of prayer and fasting, and so we call the whole church to a time of fasting. And, and uh, so, uh, but hey, let's, let's enjoy August, okay? And so, you know, the whole month of August, so this is kind of uh, a ritual around here. It's a tradition that it's just a time things are starting back up, school's starting back up. We're coming out of the summer. We've been out of a routine, and, and maybe we've kind of, we've, you know, kind of in and out of church and don't really have a r- routine built in. And maybe even in your, your relationship with God, you're kind of maybe not, as, uh, not as, as diligent or not as consistent and so August is just a time for us to come back together and, and we refocus and we allow God to realign our heart with his heart and realign our purposes with his purpose. And so we, we come together and so this whole month is just going to be about us just drawing close to God, about us getting, uh, just allowing God to recapture our heart, for us to get God's heart and do what he says, because we're coming into a time of harvest. Every fall is just a time of growth for us. You know, in the natural, it's a, it falls a time of harvest, and then it seems like in the kingdom of God, there are certain times, not, not every season is harvest season, but then there's a time of harvest. And so we're coming into a time of harvest, and so we just want to prepare our hearts so that God can use us and so we do that in a number of ways. We do that through 21 days of, of prayer, and then we also do that through a message series that we're starting today called Unstoppable. And this, this series of messages is just about you and I gaining some momentum in our life where, it can, where our relationship with God concerns. How many of you want some momentum in your life? This is what I know about everybody in here. No matter where you are on your journey with Jesus, that every single person in here has a deep Uh, desire created by God, put in you by God to know him personally. I mean, not just to know about God, not just to just say, yeah, I believe in God, but just really have this personal, intimate relationship with God where you're aware of him, that you know him. And so that's what this, this whole series is about, is about us just getting some momentum in our life concerning our relationship with God. So I want you to open your Bibles with me to two places. First of all, Matthew, the 16th chapter, and also uh, Hebrews, the 12th chapter. So Matthew, chapter 16, Hebrews, chapter 12, and those are the two portions of Scripture that we're going to be unpacking this morning and looking at over the next several weeks, and I'm excited about this course. I hadn't preached on a Sunday in, a, in like a long time, in over a month, and so, but how many of you enjoyed our, our guest speakers we've had? Amen. How many of you enjoy that? Okay, six of you, uh, you, six of you enjoy that. So, uh, no, but we really enjoyed it, man. We just got to hear from a num- number of different perspectives, and it was just so good. It's refreshing for me just to, to sit and soak up the Word. But I tell you what, I'm, 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 ready to, I'm ready to, you know, 
do this. I'm ready to get back, and I believe that God's put some things in my heart, and so I'm looking forward to getting into it. So let's pray, and then we're going to get into the Word of God. Father, we're so thankful for for Jesus. We're, We're so thankful that he was the lamb who was slain from the foundation of the world, that he offered up his blood, that we might have forgiveness of sins, but not only that, so that we can have a relationship with you through him. And Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you that you will inspire us. We thank you that you will motivate us and that you'll lead us and guide us to do all of your will. In Jesus' name, amen. So when you, when you think of momentum, what, what is it that you think about? I mean, of course, momentum is, uh, momentum is this force that, that, that just comes, overcomes any inertia. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just, and when I think of momentum, I think about a train, Anybody ever seen, anybody ever got stopped by a train? You're at the, at the crossings there and you get stopped. Man, this train's come by, especially if they're moving at a pretty good pace. I mean, that is some momentum right there. That is powerful. You know, in some trains, anybody ever counted cars before? I mean, you're, you're stopped there. You might as well count and see how many boxcars there are. And so I've done that before. You know, in a long train can have up to 110 boxcars, you know, way in, 10, uh, you know, all together, all the boxcars together weighing 11,000 tons. How many of you know that's a lot of weight? And when you get that moving, when you get, when you get 11,000 tons moving, how many of you know that's an unstoppable force? We've all seen, we've all seen what it'll do to a car or seen what it'll do to a truck. But you, you understand this? If you have a train weighing that much and just moving, I mean, not at a real fast pace, but just moving, it can easily crash through a five-foot steel-reinforced wall. That's momentum. That's unstoppable, right? And I believe that's kind of a, a picture that would describe what Jesus was talking about in Matthew, the 16th chapter, in verse 18, where he said this. He said, I will build my church. I will build my church. Is the church important? Now, he wasn't talking about he's going to build this physical building. By the way, you know, we're building a physical building, but that physical building is not the church. That's a building that the church and, and other people who want to be a part of the church come to, right? And by the way, I don't know if you notice this, there's, there's equipment out there on the pad. They've begun to dig the footings out there, and they, they were digging Friday, and then all of a sudden, man, it just, the bottom fell out. And so, filled everything up with water, but they should be back at it t- tomorrow. And so, man, I'm excited about that. We're making some progress. Pretty soon you're going to see the steel going up, and then we're off to the races. But Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. And so he wasn't talking about a building. He wasn't talking about a building. He was talking about a people. He was talking about calling a group of people out of darkness into the light. He's, and, and, and this group of people being an unstoppable force in the earth. So he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against. In other words, the gates of hell will not stop it. The gates of hell will not stop it. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. I don't know about you. I'm glad that I'm a part of the church. Why? Because the church is unstoppable. You know, there, throughout, the, throughout history, you can look from the beginning, 2,000 years ago when when Jesus breathed life into his disciples and the church was birthed, 
there's been some ebbs and flows. I mean, the church will take ground, then it seems like that it loses ground, and then it gets momentum again, and then it gains ground. And so I want you to watch this little short video that shows the spread of the gospel and the spread of the church through for the last 2,000 years. Y'all watch this. Isn't that awesome? And, and, and I want you to see how it seems like there's the church, that, that there's times or season that the church goes through and, and, it, and it just kind of shrinks and its influence just kind of fizzles away and momentum is lost, but then all of a sudden there's a resurgence and, and you can follow this back through history and that's called revival. You see, it's, it, God's all, always working. God's always wanting to do something with his church. The problem is sometimes we get cold. The problem is sometimes we do things and we lose the momentum and then the church shrinks, but then all of a sudden revival comes. We come to our senses and we wake up and we say, no, 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 we're, we're the church of the living God. We're the same church that Jesus said that the gates of hell are not going to prevail against. The gates of hell are not going to stop us. And so there's a revival and the church comes alive and begins to take territory. Amen. And that's the team that you're supposed to be on. I'm not talking about the casual Christian. I'm not talking about the person who says, I just believe in God. Look, honey, the devils believe in God. Demons believe in God. Just believing in God doesn't make you, doesn't make you a powerhouse for God. You got to be sold out. You, I mean, you, you got to be sold out to him. You got to be on fire for him. Amen. And so Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So let's go back to the train analogy. So this train, I mean, the, uh, uh, a locomotive can, it can produce 7,000 horsepower. I mean, it can, it can rev up to 7,000 horsepower that can produce 64,000 pounds of thrust. How many of you know, you, you got something like that, you can go wherever you want to go. I mean, it's like King Kong. You, you can go wherever you want to go. You, you're unstoppable. But I want you to think about this. You can take a one-inch block and put it in front of the drive wheels of that train, and that train can rev up to 7,000 horsepower that can produce 64,000 pounds of thrust, but you can put a one-inch block in front of those drive wheels, and that train will not move. You know, it's the same in our life. We can rev our engines, 
I mean, we can go to conferences. We can go to Bible studies. We can go to camps. We can go to retreats. We can go to these events. And I mean, we can get our engine revved up. And I mean, it could be 7,000 of horsepower going nowhere. Why? Because there's little things in front of the drive wheels. There's little things in front of our wheels that cause us not to even begin to move forward. And so you really, it's no use us talking about getting momentum with God and, I mean, and being unstoppable until we remove the little things in front of the drive wheels of our life that hold us back from going forward and having forward momentum. In Hebrews, the, the 12th chapter, <clears throat> Hebrews, the 12th chapter in verse 1 says this in the NIV, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything, let us remove anything that hinders or holds us back. So let us throw off anything that, that hinders or holds us back and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. So I want you to notice what Paul's saying. He said, he said, he said we're going to run this race. If we're going to have this forward momentum in our life, if we're going to be unstoppable, what did he say to do? He said, let us, let us lay aside. Let us throw off. Let us remove anything from our life, any of the weights that would hinder or delay us or hold us back. Let us, let us lay those things aside. Let us throw those things off and the sin. And so it's no use us talking about momentum until we deal with things in our life. Now look, this whole series, <clears throat> we didn't tell you to invite anybody to church. If you did, that's fine. But this whole series of message is about you and I as believers getting close to God. This whole series is about us gaining some spiritual momentum in our life. Why? So that we can be unstoppable. So that we can be unstoppable. We don't want to just be casual Sunday morning Christians. We want to be an unstoppable force for God. Amen. And so we'll have to remove things. So Paul said, he said, lay these things aside. Throw off everything that hinders. One translation says, you know, lay aside every weight. Lay aside every weight. Well, if you're going to run a race... You don't want ankle weights on, do you? You don't want a lot of baggage on you, right? Why? Because you're not going to win the race if you're burdened down with weights. So you got to lay those things aside. you got to put them off. Why? So that you can run. So that you can move. So that you can have some forward momentum in your life. you got to run your race. So... Uh, Again, you look at one, the New Kings translation says, let us lay aside every weight and the sins. So he makes a difference between the weights and the sins. There, there's some things in your life that's weight, and there's some things in your life that's sin. And so we need to lay aside the weights, and we need to lay aside the sin. So the sins are the obvious things that we need to get rid of in our life, right? I mean, so, well, I wonder if this is a sin. Well, you know whether or not, not something's a sin or not. I mean, you, 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 you would know that. It's not my job necessarily to tell you that. 
you already know. And so what do you, and we'll, we'll get to the sin part in a minute, but what about these weights? What about these weights? You see, a weight is not necessarily a sin. A, a weight is not, not necessarily that we have a commandment, don't do this. It's just something that slows us down. It's something that holds us back. It is something that keeps us from making progress in our relationship with God. Now, this is what I know about every single person in here. God has put eternity in your heart. Every single person in here, you've got something in you that cries out, whether you know it or not, it's crying out for fulfillment, and you think fulfillment comes from things. You think fulfillment comes from more money. You think, you think fulfillment comes from, uh, you know, uh, attaining to the American dream. But I tell you what, heaven's got a dream. And so a lot of people, they're, they're, they're sacrificing the heavenly dream for the American dream. And if you'll pursue the heavenly dream, you'll also get the American dream. But you've got to put first things first. The kingdom of God has to come first in your life, not second. It's got to come first. And so you don't want to sacrifice the heavenly dream just for a dream of your own. And so God's put eternity in the heart of every single person in here. The only thing that's going to satisfy you is God. The only thing that's going to satisfy you is the purposes of God for your life. And we would love to walk on a journey with you to discover your purpose. And I mean to really just be begin to live a fulfilled life by doing what God wants you to. And so that's why, you know, every single month, and we're beginning this month, we have starting points. Starting point is a... is. Four classes, four steps held over four weeks that's going to help you discover your redemptive purpose. In other words, that original intent that God had for you. Help you discover what that is, and then we're going to plug you in and so that you can thrive in God. Amen. But you, you see, that's the only thing that's going to satisfy you. Every, the, the scriptures say this, that everything, absolutely everything, in heaven, on earth, finds its purpose in him. So you'll never be satisfied apart from him. I don't care how much money you make, how many toys you accumulate. You'll never be satisfied apart from a relationship with Christ. I'm not talking about just knowing about him. I'm talking about a real relationship where you're spending time with him, and I mean, and, and, you're, and you're close. It could be masked with all kind of things, but you'll never truly be satisfied and fulfilled outside of a relationship with Jesus. Amen. And so these, these weights, these weights that they can, I mean, just these little one-inch blocks. I'm not talking about sins. I'm not talking about the big things. I'm not talking about physical sins and, and adultery and murder and stealing. I'm not talking about all that. I'm talking about these little blocks in front of our drive wheels. Are you listening to me? Little things. You know, uh, weights are those things that we have in our life that we don't necessarily have a, a commandment against. Uh, <clears throat> in other words, it's not written that this is a sin. It's just things that hinder our progress, that hinder our, our, our forward momentum. They hinder. It could be things like... Uh, well, let, let me read the scripture to you first, okay? And this isn't in your notes, but let me just read it to you. In Mark chapter 4, verses 18 through 19, Jesus is talking about the sower. He sows the word, and, the, you know, the, 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 the seed is the word of God. And, 
and he, he talks about four different kind of soils that the, that the, that the seed fell on and, and what happened as a result of the seed going into a particular soil. And he got down to this part, and he said the, the seed that fell on thorny ground, it was, it, was, it was sown on thorny ground, and it sprung up, but not, not, not long after, it began to be choked out. And it was choked out by, by uh, the cares of this life. The deceitfulness of riches, the lust or the desires for other things came in and it just, it just choked the word. Just why? And see, those are just, it could just be little one inch blocks in front of your drive wheels. For instance, social media. Is social media a sin? No. But can it get in the way of your progress? You know, I just read a report just last night, late, that, you know, the average teenager is going to spend nine hours a day on social media platforms. Nine hours a day. I mean, on Facebook and... <laughs> you ever notice how people put their best on Facebook? I mean, I mean it's, man, they got it together. Man, look at them. Man, if I could just have a life like that, I mean, they, they got it all. They ain't like that. <clears throat> this is what I know about everybody. Everybody got some problems. Everybody has some issues in their life. It's not perfect. It's not all tidy and tied up. Amen. Everybody's got issues. And like Pastor Les said last week, if, if, if you don't think you have issues, guess what? That's your issue. That's it. <laughs> exactly right. So, you know, what about, what about the music we listen to? Man, you know, anybody got XM or Sirius radio in their car? I do, and I like, I like 70s on 7. You know what that is? It's 70s music. Man, that's the best music ever. <clears throat> Some of y'all listen to 80s stuff. What is, I mean, it has nothing, nothing. I mean, it's just nothing. But, you know, what we listen to is, it, could it be a one-inch block in front of our wills? Can it be, is it something that could hold us back, keep us from making progress in our relationship with God? What you put in, what I put in, could it hold us back? You say, oh, Pastor Chuck, you're just talking about music. There's nothing wrong. We're just talking about social media. I just get on there for, with my friends for nine hours a day. and uh, <clears throat> Nine hours a day? Man, you add that up over a few, few months, guess what? It's a lot of time. It's a lot of wasted time. Right? Paul said this in 1 Corinthians. You see, in these things, they're permissible. I get on social media. I do that. And they're permissible. I mean, you can do it. But not everything that is permissible is profitable. 
not everything in, in your life that, it's, that you are permitted to do is it going to be profitable for you to do it. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23. This is out of the Amplified. He said, all things are legitimate, permissible, and we are free to do anything we please. But not all things are helpful, expedient, profitable, and wholesome. All things are legitimate, but not all things are constructive to character and edifying to spiritual life. You see, there's a lot of things that we, can, we are permitted to do, and I just gave you two examples. You, see, you know, and, and we're, we're, you know, we're talking about sin. We're not talking about the women who dip snuff. You know, we're not talking. You know, there, there's, there's a lot of things that, um, that we are permitted to do, but we have to ask ourselves. Could my time, could my energy, could my attention be better served? And could it be more helpful and profitable for me if I put all this energy, all this time, somewhere else? And I'm not saying you've got to read your Bible all day long. And I'm not saying that you have to pray all day long. But we have to realize whatever we give our attention to, we gonna, our mind is going to be locked right there. Amen. You, you ever see some, some people, they, man, if they, if they, they can't have that phone in their hand. They, you know what? When it dings and it's a text message, do you feel like you have to pick your phone up right now? <laughs> some of you are not going to even admit it. Yeah, you do. Yeah, but it's a text message. Somebody asked me something. Let them wait. Let them wait. You know, used to, some of y'all won't even remember this. We had phones that had, we called it landline phones. And it had a cord attached to it. And you didn't have, you didn't have an answering, little answering machine box. You didn't have voicemail. If you weren't at home, guess what? You missed a call. And guess what happens? You keep calling your girlfriend back. You keep, you keep calling until they answer, right? You, you keep on. And so we live in this, I mean, people think, man, they just go through, man, they, they, they begin, go through withdrawals. If they can't, they can't get their phone, got to answer the phone, got to do this. And then people get upset if you don't answer right away. Waits. One-inch blocks in front of your drive wheels that's holding you back from having such momentum in your life that you become part in this unstoppable church that the gates of hell are doing everything in its power to withstand and hold us back. But if you're part of the true church of Jesus Christ, you'll be unstoppable. You'll be part of that team that just takes ground. Amen? So he, says, he said all things are they're legitimate, they're permissible, but not everything's profitable to you. You know, eating one piece of chocolate cake is permissible. <laughs> eating two might not be profitable. 
So what about the sin? <laughs> what about the sin? You know, when you th- when, usually when we think about sin, we think about, we think about physical stuff. We think about sexual immorality. And uh, these things are sin. I mean, the Bible's clear. These are sin. And let me just tell you what sin is. Sin, first of all, everyone has sinned. Everyone has. And sin is just simply missing the mark. It's just falling below God's standards. Okay? And sin is not, when we sin, it's not that we just, God doesn't get mad at us and, well, you didn't obey me. God doesn't take it personally. And the reason that we're instructed in the Word to, to flee from sin, to not sin, is not because if we do, God's going to punish us. It's because sin has a built-in consequence. Sin has punishment in itself. Sin will kill you. Sin will destroy you. And so God says, hey, you need to stay away from that. It'll kill you. Are you listening? And so a lot of times when we, when we think about sin, we just think about the physical stuff. We think, you know, sexual immorality, stealing, you know, saying cuss words, whatever it may be. And so all those are sin. But you know what? I heard somebody say this one time that, that uh, God is more concerned about the sins of the heart than he is these outward things. Are you listening? And sometimes sin is not just readily visible in somebody's life. It's just not not there. And, And you see, sin will hold you back. It'll hold you back from moving forward in God. It'll hinder your progress in God. Right? You believe? I mean, you say, and it's not that God's mad at you and he's not letting you go forward. Your conscience condemns you and it'll hold you back. There'll be no spiritual initiative in your life. You'll be paralyzed spiritually. Not because of God. That's what sin does. Sin will dull you. So, what about these sins of the heart? Say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about like a critical attitude backbiting. Y'all listening? Sowing discord. These things are serious with God. You know, a lot of just physical sins, they'll hurt you. Some of these other things will hurt a lot of other people. Amen. And um, so, you know, you, you, here, here's one you've got to be really careful about. It's just this critical, complaining attitude. 
This is serious with God. And, you know, and, it, and it's happening more than we let on. You realize that, that Israel was destroyed. You, you, you remember how, how, God, how uh, Moses led them out? Y- y'all remember the story? If you went to Sunday school, you remember the story on you know, the Passover. Moses led them out, and they were, they were out there in the desert. Anybody ever watched a Western movie before? Anybody ever watched Westerns before? Okay, six of you watched Western. Well, Western movies, every Western movie has, they out there on the range, and there's snakes. Every one of them. I mean, you got out on the range, there's snakes. Well, you've never seen a Western movie where there weren't snakes. And so Israel, they're out there in the middle of the desert, and there's no mention of snakes. Nobody's getting bit by snakes. And then all of a sudden, they begin to complain, complain, complain. I wish we were back in Egypt. In Egypt, we had, you know, we had food, and we had this, and we had that. I wish we were back in Egypt. Why would you bring us out here to die? Why would you bring us out here to die? I wish we were back in Egypt. And then out of, out of nowhere, their camp is infested with snakes, and people are getting bit, and people are dying. <clears throat> and the Scriptures tells us exactly why, because of their complaining. You see, sin will destroy, and even sins where we don't think of sin, we're just, we're just, man, we're just getting something off our chest. <laughs> we, we just, we just, I just gotta, I just gotta get this off my chest. It can be dangerous. Now, I'm not saying you never bring up anything, but there's an attitude that we have to have, right? And you know, dividing people is serious business. It's serious. And so we have to be as much concerned about these sins and attitudes of our heart as we do any, because these things will hold you back. What about unforgiveness? What about unforgiveness? Will, will unforgiveness affect you? Absolutely. It'll affect you. Uh, you know, and I've had to deal with this. So this is, this, is, this is how that cycle works. Somebody does something to you. First, there's hurt. Because they did something or they said something, so you're hurt. Second, you're angry. So what do you do when you get angry? What do you do? You get back. I'm going to get them back. I'm going to give them a taste of their own medicine. Is that what you do when, when, you, when you get bitter? You, you begin to lash out. You begin, I'm going to get them back. Vengeance is mine. <laughs> Vengeance is mine, saith Chuck. So I'm going to give them a little taste of what they gave me. So you, you've, got, you've got hurt. You have anger. Then bitterness, a, a root of bitterness springs up, and every time you think about that person, boy, something just comes all over you, and it's not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I mean, you got these feelings that come on you. I mean, these feelings just come over you, and, and it, man, it, it's not the Holy Ghost. It's that bitterness, and that's that revenge. I'm going to get revenge, and oh, I can't stand them. And every time I hear their name, it just repulsed. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 
No, you don't know what I'm talking about. You've never had to deal with that before, ever. And then if you let that fester, guess what? There's unforgiveness. And that's unforgiveness. And, and any time that we have unforgiveness towards someone else, it's just simply because we don't have a revelation of what we've been forgiven of. When you know how much you've been forgiven, you'll forgive others. Amen. So unforgiveness is a sin that will hold you back. It's not out here where everybody can see it. And, and I mean, it's not one of these physical things that, you know, it's not like women's dipping snuff and, you know, something like that. But I mean, it's out there and, and uh, people are like, they smoke cigarettes. All right, you got a horrible attitude. Which is worse? Which is worse? Smoking a cigarette or having a nasty attitude? Which one of those is worse? I'd rather have smoke in my face than somebody spew out critical, complaining, attitude amen so you, you we, we like to categorize these things this is I mean sin is sin you, you it's, it's like it's like poison a little bit of kill you a bunch will kill you I mean it's all gonna kill you right but we like to put them in categories that this one's not as bad as this one and and they're equal So unforgiveness will stop you. It'll stop you. So we, we got weights and sins. Weights and sins that we have to deal with. So how do we deal with these things? How, how, how do we deal with them? Well, 1 John, John 1.9 says this. If we confess our sins... He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many of you are glad for 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us? Aren't you thankful? Now, I want you to notice, if we confess our sin, he, God, if we confess our sins to God, he, God, is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So when I'm talking about sins, I'm, I'm talking about these habitual things. I'm not talking about little mistakes that you make and you just kind of fell into something. I'm not talking about, but these habitual sins, these willful habitual things that, I mean, it's just a, it seems like it's a constant in your life that they just keep popping up. And, and, and you don't need me to explain to you what that is. You know what that is for you. Just these things just keep springing up, keep springing up, and you know this is holding me back. This is, this is affecting my relationship with God. It's holding me back. And so that's what I'm talking about, these, uh, these habitual things. These things are just a consistent pattern in your life, consistent, consistent. And God said if you'll, if you'll confess your sins, and no matter how many times you confess it, he'll forgive. But if you want healing... If you want deliverance from the sin, from these things, 
Not only do you have to confess your sins to God, you've got to confess your sins to somebody. He said, that kind of sounds like the Catholic Church. Well, I'm not talking about the Catholic Church. James 5.16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And so if you want to get forgiveness, you go to God. If you want to get healing, you've got to go to God's people. So he said, I, I, I never thought about it like that before. Well, I'm glad you think about it now. That's a scripture. You know, that's why we, that's, you know, that's why God has made us for each other. It, your, your relationship with God is not just between you and God. He's created you and I for community. As a matter of fact, there's 35 verses in the New Testament that you can't do if you're not in community with other believers. 35 verses you cannot do unless you're in community with other believers. And so there's got to be intentional relationships in your life that, you, and, and I don't have time to get into this, but, you know, there's four aspects to everybody's life. I'll just go through them real quick. First, there's the arena. I know and you know. I know, I know about you. You know about you. We all know about you. And then there's the mask. Everybody wears a mask. I wear a mask. You wear a mask. I know something about me you don't know about me. And I'm going to keep it like that. The only problem with keeping it like that is that you are only as sick as your secrets. And if you can't come into a relationship with somebody else and get comfortable and trust somebody else where you can confess that, you'll always be sick with that secret. And so that's why here we have small groups. The purpose of small groups, of course, is friendship. We want you to have relationships with other people. We want you to have friendships. But within those friendships, we want at some point in time for you to be able to get with one other person or two other people and say, hey, you know what? This is what I'm going through in my marriage. This is what I'm going through in my personal life. And you may not know this because I've been wearing a mask, but I need to tell you because I'm, I'm tired of living like this. I'm tired of carrying this burden. I'm tired of being stuck right here, and I need to tell somebody. And so hopefully somewhere in this small group setting, that you'll say, I need to talk to you. I trust you. I need to talk to you. Dude, let me say this. When somebody does confide in you, keep your mouth shut. Don't put it on the prayer chain. You've got to gain trust. Well, you have to trust me. I ain't got to trust you. I don't, the, the Bible says, I've got, it doesn't say I've got to trust you. I've got to love you. You've got to earn my trust. And if you break it, you've got to earn it again. I'm, I'm feeling preachy right now. I, may, I, I might just get all up in everybody's business and we've got to quit though. So he said, confess your sins to, to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. You want to be free from that? So here, here's what we got going. We got small groups that start first weekend of September. We got, we got people are registered for groups now. So you need to be in a small group or you need to lead a small group. And so for the next three weeks, beginning next Sunday, we've got, we've got small group training. You don't have to go to all three. You just need to go to one. But we've got them for every Sunday, every Sunday during our 9 o'clock service. Is that right? I'm looking for somebody that knows. Yes. Nine, I'm looking around. Does anybody, is any of my staff in the room right now? So 
nine o'clock service, we have, we have small group leader training. You can lead a small group. We're saying it like this, that your life is your group. We don't want you to stop doing what you're doing and start doing what we want you to do. Just take what you're already doing, then turn it into ministry. You like going to drink coffee on Monday mornings? Take three or four guys with you. Drink coffee. We got three guys that sit out here every Sunday morning at these tables out here. They're solving the world's problems. <laughs> I said, y'all sit, sit at that table every day. If it didn't solve by now, y'all not going to get it. So. <laughs> but you see, people are already grouping. People are already grouping. Just be more intentional about it. Right? And then just build some relationships so you can, so eventually, you don't have to take your mask off in front of the whole group. And you don't have to take your mask off by week four. But eventually, at some point, you take the mask off and say, this is what I'm really going through. I need some help. So isn't it enough just to tell God, no. He said, if you confess your sins to God, he'll forgive you. But if you want healing, if you want freedom, you got to tell somebody else. Amen. Amen. So how do you lay these things aside? How, how do you lay it aside? Well, you can confess it to God, but you've got to be with other people. So we encourage you to sign up for a small group. There'll be all different kinds, and you're going to hear us talking about from now until the first weekend of September, we're going to talk about signing up, getting ready. So actually, the register will come out on August 27th. That's three, August 27th, whenever that is, a couple of Sundays from now. And then you can, you can sign up for a small group, join a small group. But hey, you can go ahead and register a group now. If you know, hey, I want to do a group on this. Tammy and I, we're going to do one on marriage. And so I, I got this platform so I can plug it. If you, if you need some help with your marriage, we're going to do one on marriage. And we need help with our marriage. How many of you are still growing? Still growing. And so we're going to do small groups. Amen. So we encourage you to do that. Father, in Jesus' name, we magnify you. We give you praise. Lord, I ask that you just deal with every single person in here, no matter where we are, no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're hiding behind. And Lord, I ask that you would help us. We all want to be a part of this unstoppable force called the church. But Lord, we've got to remove these one-inch blocks in front of our drive wheel so that we can begin to move forward. So Lord, I just thank you that you're dealing with each of us individually in our life. In Jesus' name. Every head bowed now, every eye closed. I'm going to ask you, don't click your binders. Don't get up and walk out right now. It's the most important part of the service. Any forward progress with God in your relationship with God, any beginning of fulfillment in your life, it begins with a relationship with Jesus. And I don't want to assume that you, you're in the right relationship with Jesus because you came to church this morning. Maybe you're here just for that reason. And so let me just ask you a question. If you were to leave this place today and you were to walk out into the park a lot and suddenly your heart just stopped and you died and went into eternity, would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? And most people say, well, Pastor Chuck, I think I'd go to heaven because, you know, I just, you know, I, I, I think I'll go to heaven because I just, I think I'll go to heaven. And I'm all for positive thinking, but just because you think you're going to go to heaven doesn't mean that you're going to go to heaven. You say, well, Pastor Chuck, I've been in church all my life. 
And so I'm sure that I'm going to go to heaven because I've been in church all my life. That's great. I believe that every, I believe that every believer ought to go to church. I believe church is good for you, but church isn't going to get you to heaven. Church isn't going to make you a Christian any more than me standing in my garage. It's going to make me a Cadillac. Pastor Chuck, I, I, you know, I, I've, I, I, I think I'm going to go to heaven because I believe in God. And that's awesome. But so do the demons. And they're not going to heaven. If you're going to go to heaven, you're going to have to do it God's way, not my way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus said, you must be born again. To be born again means that you give your whole heart and your whole life to him. Means that you surrender your whole life to Him. So this is what I do want to do. I want to pray for you. I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front, but just with an uplifted hand, you say, Pastor Chuck, please pray for me. I'm not right with God, but I want to get right with God. If I died today, I don't know for sure I'd go to heaven, but I do want to know for sure. And so I want to pray for you. So if you're in here, I'm going to count to three. When I do, you just lift your hand. Here we go. Be bold. Be bold. Don't worry about anybody looking at you. Everybody's heads bowed and their eyes are closed. So here we go. One, two, three, right now. Lift them up high so I can see them. Thank you, sir. Lift them up. Don't be embarrassed about it. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand in the back. Thank you. I see your hand over here. Thank you. Awesome. Good job. Good job. Anyone else? You say, please include me in that prayer. I don't, I don't want to go to hell. I want to, I want to be saved. I want to go to heaven. Anyone else? All right. Everybody pray this prayer with me out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for drawing me to you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for inviting me into a relationship with you. Jesus, I confess you as the Lord of my life, as the boss of my life. I yield myself to you. I give myself to you, and I thank you for saving me. I thank you for putting new life in me. I thank you that I now have a relationship with you. Make yourself known to me. Make your love known to me. And may I never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Everybody, let's give these a real big hand. All right.